0: Welcome to the ministry of Mercy Seek Ministries and Evangelist Pat and Karen Schatzlein. We believe that the message you are about to hear will mightily change your life. Open your heart, mind, and spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to move in you. We must declare it to the next generation.
1: Maybe we've forgotten what it, it says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20 that we are therefore Christ ambassadors. That, that God makes His appeal through us. So I'm not preaching a, a sexy message today, for better lack of words. <laughs> Can't believe I said that. I'm preaching a different thing. How many of you, when you were growing up, used to sing old songs in church that made no sense? We used to sing this song... Well, it's all over me and it's keeping me alive. I don't know about you, but as a kid, I was looking for this germ or this, this beast to come on me. We used to sing these songs at youth camp. One was, you can't go to heaven with me. can't go to heaven with me. You got hair below your ears and pants above your knees. You can't go to heaven with me. <laughs> if that was the case, yesterday I went to hell. Because I wore shorts yesterday. We used to sing the uh, crazy songs like "Drop Kick Me Jesus Through the Goalposts of Life." What is that? <laughs> I mean, goofy stuff. Or, or uh, heaven, yes; hell, no. <laughs> I, mean, I loved to sing it because I felt like I was cussing. What about the "I'll fly away, O oh glory"? Now I love that because I know we're yes, we believe in the rapture. But here, here's what you uh, here's what you, when we would sing that song, I imagine myself as Hawkman from Buck Rogers. I imagine myself with the, the, the story of the Greek guy that, or the, the Greek story of the guy that tried to fly and the feathers melted in the sun as he took. And and we used to sing songs like that that were wonderful. Some of the hymns have some of the greatest theology ever, and others don't. There's songs that we've sang for years that we don't even know what we're singing. I'm reminded in 1906 at the Azusa Street revival that took place in, uh, just outside, just inside of Los Angeles. There was a great outpouring at birth, Pentecost to America and, and they, they made a statement. They said they had a, a vision of the last days and the, and the statement was this, where they saw people worshiping God that did not have relationship with Him. Welcome to America. I love what missionary Jim Elliott said, the great, the great missionary. He said, you'd be a fool to give, not to give up what you could never keep in order to gain what you could never lose. Billy Graham made this statement. He said, never have so many done so little. So I'm preaching about the lostness of man. Our theme is living in high definition. Look at the nations. Be utterly amazed. Oh folks, look at, look at our text for this series. Matthew chapter nine, verse 35 through 38 says this. Jesus went through all of the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When He saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were harassed. Everybody said harassed. The word harassed there in the Greek, the New Testament is written in the Greek, is ekluo. It means to have one's strength taken, to be enfeebled through exhaustion, to grow weak, growing weary, to be tired. Remember that, because Jesus came and he ministered to the harassed. And the, he goes on to say, and the helpless, like sheep. Without a shepherd. What are you talking about, pastor? The word helpless there is ripto in the Greek. And it literally means the sudden motion of being thrown down and thrown away. So it says right there, it says Jesus went about teaching and preaching to the helpless and the harassed. Those that were weary and exhausted and those that had been thrown away. That's who he went after. Like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, and we love this scripture and we we really don't get it. He said the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. Now here's the problem. Stop for a second. Most churches are about young people and they're about kids. We have said our church will be about kids. We, we, that's our dream. That's our heartbeat. I can't wait till we finally build a building and we have a, a and I've got this crazy idea of a slide that comes all the way down where kids pick their or well <laughs> where parents pick their kids up and kids pick up their parents too if they fall. And <laughs> in soccer fields yesterday, my daughter helped me up. And uh and so but I, I love that. But here's the problem. I don't just want to see the summit full of children. Because we need parents. We need grandparents. We need gray hair. Are you with me so far? There is just as many gray-haired lost people as there are those in their 20s. In fact, the number one group that is walking away from the church today are age 40 to 60 years old. So I want to preach the anatomy of lostness. What does it mean to be lost? The Bible says the fields are wide under the harvest. But the workers are few. The word, for, the word workers there in the Greek is ergates. And it means usually one who works for hire, especially an agriculture worker. Or one that crafts things by hands or by acts. Follow me. Jesus said, I'm looking for people that will craft things by acts. Acts of love. What are you talking about? Listen. I need to warn you because it's cow tipping Sunday. I need to warn you that we're going to say some things that you may not like. I love what Martin Luther said. He said, God creates out of nothing. Therefore, until a man is nothing, God can make nothing out of him. I love what Adrian Rogers, the great pastor, said. He made this statement. He said, God throws away broken things, or excuse me, man throws away broken things, but God can only use you if you're broken. As I move into this word and we get pretty intense with it, I'm going to share some things. Now listen to me. I am not preaching this new theory that's going around, whether it's the Oprah uh, thing, which is absolutely demonic, that says the blood of Jesus doesn't matter. This new, quote, study on... Uh, in fact, I got a whole email on it yesterday, a letter that had gone out to Oprah. And the whole email was about the fact that this book that she's pushing on her program, and 700,000... Those of you who are Oprah fans in here, do not get upset with me that her new series, The Course in Miracles, says there's no sin. A slain Christ has no blasphemy. The journey to the cross should be the last la- journey. That's in that book, Okay. Do not make the pathetic error of clinging to the old rugged cross. Watch. The name of Jesus Christ as such is only a symbol. It is a symbol that is safely used as a replacement for many names of all gods. Man, that hurts me just to say that. Sounds a little bit like the Hindus in Singapore, doesn't it? The recognition of God is the recognition of yourself. Folks, I'm going to tell you something, okay? I have issues in my body at times. I wake up sore. I went and worked out last week and could hardly move the next day. When I get up, I don't feel. I don't want to be God, okay? Because if God gets uh, that sore from a tiny little workout, something's wrong. But she, this, the, her new study course says that we're all God. Hey, listen, I don't want any of you to be my God. I've got a Savior, okay? Let's move on. And this is is something else she put The atonement is the final lesson He or man need to learn For it teaches him that Never having sinned He has no need of salvation There's another movement going on out there right now In America that is getting big And understand, follow me Because I've been watching this And it's called the emergent church And there's guys that are out there That are preaching And they're preaching in bars And they're going to the places that the The church should have gone all this time But they're going out there And they're preaching basically this Everyone is already a Christian They just need to realize it Folks, I'm sorry. That's not Bible. But, so please understand where I'm going this morning, I'm not joining those camps. I'm simply saying we've got to wake up to the things that are going on. And I love a quote I read. Before sinners will join a church, they will watch how Christians deal with the imperfect. Are you with me? Before a sinner will join a church, they're going to see how we deal with the imperfect. Listen to me. I want to be Jesus with blue jeans on. I want to be real. I want them to come in here and go, you know what? You can feel the presence of God in a junior high gymnasium. Why would you? One lady said to me at the Easter egg hunt last week, she said, uh, Pastor, I don't have a nice dress to wear. And I said, well, tomorrow's Easter and I'm going to wear a tie and a suit. And a lot of times I wear a suit and, and a jacket. I said, but we don't give a rip what you wear here. Somebody get excited. Because that's not what it's about. I believe in honor. You'll never... Because if the thought of it makes me think of uh, years ago when I would get tore up with, a, with and, and spanked if I wore a ball cap to church. It's just about respect. But watch. But I don't care if somebody dies. Really. Oh, I'm going to knock over some sacred cows. Let's just keep going. Recently, some t- statistics came out a couple weeks ago from the Pew Forum. And they fi- they, they published the findings from their U.S. Religious Landscape Survey. After interviewing over 35,000 American ages 18, researchers got discovered that a startling 28% of American adults have left the faith in which they were raised in. What do you mean? And they either have no religion or have joined another religion. Let me give you some of these studies real quick, or some of the statistics. And I know this is different. Again, we're launching a series. The factors are this. Watch. 78% of Americans claim to be Christian. Now, that includes Catholicism, that includes uh, whatever, Baptist and, and Independence. But look what has happened. This is the growth factors last year. Agnosticism grew 700%. What is agnosticism? It basically it means this. It means one who believes that it is it is, it is impossible to know whether there's a God. Or one who is skeptical about the existence of God, but not doesn't profess to be an atheist. They go, you know what? Maybe there's a God out there. Welcome to America. In America, last year, we grew 700%. Atheist, there is no God, grew 220%. Buddhism, grew 75%. Muslim, 33.3%. Jehovah Witnesses, a plus of 16%. Hindu, they stayed even. We'll just leave that to Singapore, because they grow there. Protestant lost 4%. What do you mean, Pastor? Mormons went down 5%. Thank God. What are you talking about? But we lost minus 4%. And agnosticism, which says, Hey, there's a God out there. Cool. Here's a, maybe He's there. I don't know if He's there or not. It doesn't really matter. 700%. Welcome to the American University that has spread that, that kind of secular mindset and I want to preach about the anatomy of lostness. If you're still with me, say amen because what you've got to realize is this. I've got to get this because growing up in church, I was taught that what my parents had come out of drugs and come out of all kinds of stuff. My dad um, was a drug addict and a drug dealer. there in... In Detroit, Michigan. So when we got saved, we went from being absolute heathens to all of a sudden uh being like like Mennonites or, or something. I mean, we went from one and that's what most people do when they get when they get saved. I love new new converts because they're like, if you do anything, you're going to hell. But I can remember when my parents you know, as we we're growing up, they, they begin to loosen up just a little bit. But I mean when they first became believers, the long the long dresses and and uh uh the, the things that we had to do and if somebody we saw I was actually raised to believe if I saw somebody drinking a beer, they were the Antichrist. Now do I drink? Absolutely not. Do I believe in drinking? I don't think you should drink at all. But at the same time, I was raised with this bi- these binocular mentality of- of the unsaved, that they're evil, they're gonna infect me. Making any points here this morning? That they might rub up against me. And because of that, we've had this little steady growth of salvation, is letting the world go to hell. And there has to be this mindset where we change how we think about the lost. What do you mean, Pat? We've got to be the light in darkness. Hebrews 13, 20 says, May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. And, and may He work in us what is pleasing to Him through Jesus Christ, to whom He be glory forever and ever. Amen. Folks, I look at the egg hunt last week. That was Jesus. I told the manager of Chick-fil-A, I said, dude, we had the Easter bunny hug your, your cow. And he goes, man, i got to have a picture of that. I'm reminded of the fact that 57,000 homes saw our interview on TV. And the the, the, the fellow that gave that information to me, Zach Archuleta, told me recently when he was working down in Louisiana, he stopped by this little church and, and when he came in, they just took for granted that he was an unbeliever. And they brought him up front and tried to cast demons out of him. <laughs> and Zach is called to preach the gospel. If you got to worry about getting demons cast out of you when you're saved, something's wrong. Follow me. Now listen because I know I'm I'm stretching some of you, and religion is always great at separating our conscience from the needs of the lost. I'm going to say that again. Religion is always great at separating the uh, our conscience from the needs of the lost. It's about a mirror instead of a window. See, I'm asking you to take off your rose-colored glasses and begin to understand where Birmingham is at. Why do they not want to have anything to do with the church anymore? And you know what I love about the summit? Everybody says, I've never felt such love. I've never felt such the presence of God. Folks, if I never get to preach again, if they could come in on Sunday morning and feel the, the reign of God, the presence of God that washes all the junk off, that's what it's about. That's why we worship like we do. I need that worship. Give God a praise offering. I need something that will keep me from monday to wednesday and from wednesday to sunday we're supposed to mean it's what the bible says in matthew chapter five it is the scripture that we use for the summit what is that scripture we're a city on a hill but it says right before that be salt and light what does salt do it makes you thirsty what does light do it brings things into the open why did we name the church the summit church because God was speaking to us one day in a staff meeting we are planning about starting this crazy work and he said, name it the summit I'm like, oh, Lord, we've spent a lot of money there Karen, go shopping there all the time I paid somebody's salary at the summit I've got to go to P.F. Chang's because that's real Chinese food, right? Right, Daniel? <laughs> and the Lord said, no, because it's the point of decision when the president has a summit And it's the place of change And it's the highest point And that's why we named it that Why did you start a church? Can I bring those of you that are new here That have come in And we're honored that you're here We love you We thank you for coming to the summit Because we are part. We we want you to be a part of it Why did you start a church? Because I traveled for 10 years Every single week uh, My schedule was full Two years out in advance And God said Cancel it Preach to your city Why did that happen? Because the Lord said to us He said Start a church That's simply Real Lord, there's 1,500 churches in Birmingham. I don't want another church in Birmingham. And he said, I'm telling you to start this. And I wrestled because of you folks for eight months, rolling around in the mud with God, unable to sleep, in hotel rooms, calling Sean Cherry saying, what is going on? I don't feel any joy anymore traveling. Even though we're seeing hundreds and thousands, we saw 80,000 people saved our last year on the road. And I said, but I don't feel it. And every time I would come and we would land the plane in Birmingham every week and I would drive into Trustful and come into my home I would start weeping over this area because God wants to break religion and pull the mask off and restore people to relationship this is official get real day people will never get upset when you help them it's not preaching at them it's not theologizing them it's not arguing with them it's not putting condemnation on them it's simply saying we are here to love you now listen, it's about being passion. But listen, passion without compassion results in a spirit of anger. And folks, I believe in the outpouring of God's Spirit. I believe in the supernatural. I believe in seeing miracles. I believe in true repentance. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. But I also believe in the fruits of the Spirit. Look at Galatians 5, verse 22. It says, but of the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness... <laughs> gentleness I've been witnessed to by people that don't know what gentleness is self control against such things there is no law those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and its desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other what does Second Corinthians five fourteen say for his love that's what it tells us in God's word John 15, 12. This is my commandment. What? That you argue with one another. That you gossip with one another. That you spread rumors about one another. Wouldn't that be cool if that was in the Bible? <laughs> God told me to do it. I said it about you because the Lord spoke to me. No. It says that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. How do the lost people tick? How many of you work with lost people? How many of you have unsafe family members? Hey, this is family day right here. Okay, let's just get real. How many of you have an incredible testimony? How many of you were raised in church? Hands down. Simon sense. We did that on a Sunday. Remember when we did that. That was fun. Sean, Sean's over here getting ready for something. Um, how many of you can say, You know what, Pastor? I was raised in church, but I walked away from church. Put that hand down. You're embarrassing your Sunday school teachers. How many of you can say that something happened where I had an encounter with God that so changed me that at that moment, it didn't matter what happened. Come on, lift your hand up. That should be all of us in here just about. But see, what you don't understand is this. I think when we get saved, we get amnesia. When we become believers, we forget where we came from. We forget what it feels like to be lost. We forget to have that burden for people. And, and, and you know what? It, and it's good because I love being a family. I love having the summit. I love that when my wife was sick, I didn't love you being sick, honey, but when she was sick the last few weeks, people were knocking on our door, bringing gifts, bringing food. I thank you for that. I could never thank you enough that when my little girl was so sick with that respiratory issue a few weeks ago, people were bringing her presents, a giant basketball. and. But I'm calling you to see through somebody else's eyes. Can I say some things to you? This isn't huge crusade stuff that I'm preaching this morning. In fact, I'm going to say something that some of you are going to absolutely hate. We must change how we present who He is. The day of knocking on the doors on a cold, windy night and interrupting a fellow in the middle of a Monday night football game and saying, can I come in and talk to you about Christ being a perfect stranger is over. That's how you get shot. Oh, pastor, you've done it now. You've offended us. You're pushing over the sacred cows. No, no. It's acts of love. It's acts of kindness. He brings the conviction. Yeah, man, I'll get into somebody's life and let a fellow to the Lord. And I said, you've got to stop doing that stuff. you got to get that junk out of your life. But I'm talking about Jesus in a blue jeans and a polo. I'm talking about reaching into someone's lost world and changing their destination. How did Jesus do it? Jesus knew how to interrupt people's lostness. Remember in John chapter 4? John chapter 4, verse 9 through 26. The Bible says that he he goes out and he's sitting at a well called Jacob's well. And all of a sudden, as he's sitting at Jacob's well, he goes out there, and then a woman comes out. And we Now, she had been married five times, was living with another man. This, if you can bring that up for me in John chapter 4, verse 9 through 26. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asked? Watch. He got in their world. You know who Jesus ate with? Sinners. You know who Jesus hung out with? prostitutes oh you know what he hated religiosity he couldn't stand it he was always at war with the religious system because religion is a great news and it knows how to choke people out what are you talking about listen john maxwell said this he said you lose the respect of the best when you don't deal, deal properly with the worst isn't it easy to go to Talladega or isn't it easy to go down to the beach to Panama City or go to Gulf Shores and see somebody partying out there and just look at them with such disdainment. No, I don't go out and drink. I don't go out and cuss. I don't go out and smoke and I don't hang out with girls who do that either. But it's time for us to get a compassion for them. But I don't think I'm making clear what I'm trying to say to you. It's time for us to quit thinking of ourselves as better. Does that make sense? When's the last time you went to bed at night and said, God, I want to feel your presence and I want to hear the screams of the lost. Well, pastor, this isn't, this isn't the, come on out guys. This isn't the stuff you, you normally preach on. We're not preaching about miracles and signs and wonders and changing the world and being filled with the spirit. No, I'm preaching about the, the fact of the matter is that 700% grew to agnostics last year saying there is no God because we've not shown them a God.
2: Watch this.
0: Got all our stuff here.
2: Hey man, you ready? Right, I'm ready. Can't wait. It's time to go. Witnessing. Witnessing. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Yeah, I love witness. Gonna be good. All right, I've got our checklist. All right, here sure we go. We've got we gotta make right. sure we got everything. So you go over that. Okay, number one, a steak. We need a good, juicy steak. Oh, man, there's not a guard dog in a 50-mile mm. radius that can avoid this juicy steak. Ooh, man, it looks yeah. good. Yummy. I might <laughs> eat it myself. Okay, uh, a neighborhood map. That's oh, what we man, need. Oh, man, we need a good map because last time we highlighted, got so highlighted. lost. Highlighted. I mean, so it was like, going. I mean, I don't remember where we were. I no, mean, we were. don't unfold we were. it. These things are impossible to put back to. Well, the, I mean, the I program. was trying to figure out where we're going, you know. Uh, yeah, well, okay. Tracks. And our oh, man. witnessing card. Yeah, man, we got to have these witnessing cards. Yes, we these we things yes, make a difference do. in the world. Hey, there's your foot. Red okay,
0: well, I was on. looking at this hold card on, on, here that says on.
2: witnessing card. I almost Christian cussed right there. I almost did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry about that. Let's get back to this card here. Let me get See, calm first so Jesus can use me. Go ahead. Have your moment of silence there. Okay, I'm better. You feel I'm better? better. All right, let's go witness. <laughs> I'm going to witness. All right, here we that go. It really did hurt though. So I'm gonna walk up to somebody because your foot's so big. Yeah. I'm gonna walk up to somebody and I'm gonna go, "Hi, I'm in certain Name Here." Or, I mean, wait a second. <laughs> my name Danny. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> right. Well, then I'm gonna walk up to him. I'm gonna go, "Do you know Jesus, mm-hmm. the bright and morning star, mm-hmm. the King of Kings, the mm-hmm. Lord of Lords, the Lily of the Valley?" Yes. You know the. Uh, savior savior yes and <laughs> then i'll it. say do you know about your eternal home in heaven mm. of the eastern sky that it. will split like a tulip I see and it. then um, that they will, re- they will they will they mm. will repent mm. with sackcloth i don't know who that is but they'll repent with him and they will have <laughs> justification and they mm. will have sanctification you know that's perfect because jesus is going to break every ferret or is that ferret no that's that's a n na- fetter. That's spell check. <laughs> oh, sorry, fetter. yeah. that's one of those things that tickles you, makes you go woo. Yeah, yeah, I know fetter. Okay, fetter. Well, that's the part where they get convicted of their transgressions. Yes, transgressions. Yeah. And then and then they're set free from bondage of sin and that's death right. and all that. I'm you glad know, we have, you know, have these cards. You know what I'm talking about. We couldn't witness without them. These things are amazing. All right, right before we go out, let's have quiet time. Ready? Moment <laughs> of silence. I saw this on TV. Okay, good. We are ready to witness. Yes, let's do it. Oh, hey, we. Yeah, yeah. We almost so we, forgot can't guys we can't yeah. let anybody know that it's us. Our friends might recognize us. do be sure, man. I can't even right. see up in here. It's time to witness. <laughs> I yeah, can't man. really Let's go, go do this Jesus. Woo, come on. Hey, come on. you think we should have brought Bibles? Oh, I can't even see. <laughs>
1: You know, I don't know if you've ever seen street preachers But I did this, I preached in Miami I preached in Tampa on the street And it's maximum screech factor And we just scream and holler And we scream, you know, everybody For the wages of sin of death is death And the gift of God is eternal life And I used to stand out there and preach on the street And tell everybody they were going to hell Now that's the love of God, isn't it? And we wondered why nobody got saved But we slept good because we felt like we had done what we were supposed to do. Folks, can I tell you that hasn't worked in three to four hundred years? What do you mean? So when we think of evangelism, we think, Oh, pastor's going to ask us to, put, to knock on doors on Saturday morning. No, I'm not. You are knocking down sacred cows. I'm going to ask you to show up at the baseball field over here on Sunday, on Saturday morning and pass out Cokes or pass out tea or give out gifts and love people. And folks, I promise you, if we start doing things like that, if we start doing the egg hunt, we do our AOL, our acts of love, you watch what happens. God will revolutionize this city. If you believe it, give the Lord a praise offering. I'm not going to ask you to go into bathrooms and put out a box of tracks. I don't mind that. I think it's wonderful. And knocking on doors does work. My father is a believer today and revolutionized our family because someone knocked on our door. So I'm all about that. But I will tell you that most of you will never go knock on somebody's door. There's two things that Christians and unChristians both agree upon. They hate evangelizing. Did I make you mad? Oh, y'all are quiet. I'm just going to preach from right here. And the Lord wants you... <laughs> Pastor, I can't believe you're saying this to follow me. We assume things about lost people that we just shouldn't assume. We make assumptions that lost people, about lost people that are just not true. We, we assume they're miserable. They're having empty lives. Running around, fearing death around every corner. And they're always running from God. Some of those things are true. The fact is, most of the people that are not believers are having a great time and they rarely think about God and many feel sorry for us because they think we are missing out on some good sin do you know that after 9-11 the church grew 50% in 30 days but 30 days later it went back down below do you know that when the passion of Christ took place there was thousands and thousands of people saved watching that movie and the church grew for a period of time but then it dropped back down What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm almost done, so I need you to stay with me. Why is it that most of America sleeps in on Sunday morning? Why are people writing books about why I hate going to church? Maybe it's because they've been hurt in church. Maybe because they don't see people that are real anymore. Maybe because people wear these masks. And the day of looking super holy is over. Listen, when you come in here, I want you to bring all your baggage. And we'll come down to this area down here. And we will go after God. Just know not one. We are people that believe that the outpouring of God is real. Somebody get excited, please. I'm calling this place to be real. When we move over to that new building, let me tell you something, folks. I am not looking for a facility. I'm looking for a field. Fields are white into harvest. If we're not here to win the loss, what are we doing? If it's just to appease our conscience, stay home. It's got to be about refreshing. It's got to be about winning the lost. Why are you preaching this series after all this time, a year and a half into it? Because God has been dealing with me that we are missing it. That we don't understand what's going on. So let's look over at Luke chapter 15. It's called the lost chapter. And I'm almost done, so stay with me for just a moment longer. 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says, I'm the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved. That means there's people that are supposed to be getting saved. That's what it says. And those who are perishing. So let's read the lost chapter. Number one, write this down. The lost sheep do not know that they are lost. I can prove it to you. The whole chapter of Luke chapter 15 is is the lost book. It's about things that are lost. Parables that Jesus told. Look at Luke 15 verse 3 then jesus told this parable suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it and when he finds it he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and he says rejoice with me i found my lost sheep I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 religious persons who do not need to repent. Jesus said it. Don't get mad at me. Do you notice in this generation, people will go on television and say anything? People will do anything right now. And yet, we're so afraid to even mention His name. We're so afraid in this election cycle to preach against abortion, which is demonic. We're so afraid to stand up for who he is. But this whole scripture is about a sheep that has gone astray. Am I right? What does the first Peter 2 verse 24 say? It says, He himself who bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep gone astray. But now you've returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. What is the first thing that you need to understand about lostness? What is the first thing you got to realize? Write this down. The lost sheep. He was simply preoccupied with life. They don't even know they're lost. I know you drive around and you see people sitting at a bar or sitting somewhere and and we automatically think if they're drinking, that's the first sign that they're a sinner. We see them smoking a cigarette. Well, used to it was divorce. Folks, can I tell you that nobody can really tell if someone is lost unless you ask them or unless they tell you. Yeah, but if they're drinking, yeah, I don't agree with it. I think it's wrong. Let's hit that taboo in the church right now. Can we quit judging people? Not our goal here. Our goal is simply to say, do you know the love of Christ? Because He'll get all the junk out of your life. But see, I'm not even going to get onto that. But that's what we've done. We've kind of given this... this, this box of what sin is supposed to be. And God is saying, I'm calling people to just simply understand that, that the reason why most people are lost is they're just preoccupied with life. They're just busy. The sheep did not get lost on purpose. He just wandered off. They got lost with the preoccupation of doing life, paying bills, raising kids, staying healthy. The Western world is so busy. Do you know that Time Magazine said this? That 36% of paid uh, uh, employees, 30 percent, 36% of salaried employees did not even take their vacation last year. Because they're just so busy. They're just doing life. That's why I told you we will never ask people when they walk through the door. Hey, why weren't you here last Sunday? We're not going to become that church. Because I understand busyness at times. Do I think you need to be here? Absolutely. In fact, you have to understand, texting, emails, cell phones. We are so connected, we are disconnected. There's days where I don't even look at emails, I don't answer text messages, I don't even answer my phone. Why? Because, well, Pat, you know, Pastor Pat, you just, you, you just not No, because I need Jesus' time. Soccer, baseball. Sunday morning. That's the only time I can rest, Pastor. I get it. They're victims of the pace of life. Seeds have fallen on stony ground. What's the second thing Jesus talked about? The coin, the lost coin. The coin was lost through carelessness of someone else. I'm trying to explain to you why people are not saved. Is that okay if I do that this morning? Very different word. Why are people not saved? And i got to hurry because uh, we've gone uh, a little bit long. In fact, why... Let's look at Luke chapter 15 verse 8. And then I'm going to show you a funny video. Or a cool video. Luke 15 verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses a lamp, sweep the house, search, finds it. And when she finds it, she says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Okay, we've already saw the lost sheep. Why did he get lost? Because he got preoccupied. He just got busy. Just kind of lost. What's the second reason? The coin was lost through the carelessness of somebody else. People are often lost to the gospel because whoever had charge of their lives when they were younger never gave them a chance to know God. They were lost because of carelessness. The number one atheist in the world that is preaching what he calls his atheist theology. And yet, I love it when I see kids get rocked by God. The, first, the second coin was lost because of carelessness. Oh, folks... That's why you've got to have your kids in Pastor Doug's group. That's why we've got to speak life into people. People get lost because of carelessness. The lost coin was lost because of someone's carelessness. Many times, they're victims of a careless environment, simply never being showed that God is real. Those who had direct ownership or parenting of them never gave them a chance to experience the one true God. Maybe they resisted them going to VBS or to a cultivate service or they steered the clear of the church or or Christians and that child was never given an uh, an option and the lost coin was lost because someone didn't take care of it. See, I want to change your mindset of the lost. And they are lost because of their carelessness of those who could have helped them to know the truth that there is a god that there is a savior that there is a, a cross and we have a savior who can forgive them and they were raised in homes where they were kept him had it not been for a toothless man banging on my front door at my house as a little boy be drug addicts in detroit no one had ever been a christian in our family we didn't know what that was we had been uh we went to catholic church every now and then we we went and, uh once a year did confession but my family never understood what it was to be a christian Maybe they were raised at home. First, that, where they were kept from, from, from knowing Him. First John 2, 2 says He's the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Are you still with me? What do you mean, Pat? The lost coin was lost because it was carelessly misplaced, the Bible says. The first one, the sheep wandered off just because He got busy. The second reason why we have lost people out there is because someone was careless with their life. Someone didn't take a moment to tell them who Jesus Christ is. They didn't do an Easter egg hunt where we simply speak life to kids and tell them they're special. They didn't They didn't reach out to them. Why in the world? Folks, we think of the lost as homeless people. Then if that's the case, you have homeless people that live next door to you. The lost is not homeless people. And that's who we love to go reach out to and I believe in that and I believe in doing it. But folks, we need a deliverance ministry where we can bring people in and say, you know what, we don't expect you to be perfect when you walk in the door here. Build my church. I will pour my spirit out and I will come again. We are racing against the rapture right now. Do you know what I want to do over the next few weeks? I want it to be about the lost. I want to bring every person in. I want friend day. Where you can bring somebody in and they can feel safe. We're not going to be weird. But they're going to experience the supernatural power of Jesus Christ. That sets a man free. Somebody give God a praise offering. Man, I've gone way too long. And then lastly... Well, but Pat, they were, well, maybe they were careless because their church was all about bickering and fighting and jockeying for position and, and, do you know that 25% of America are unattached Christians? They do not go to church, yet they claim to read the Bible every day. They're not a part of anything. One third of the 25% of unattached Christians in America have never attended a church, but they've prayed a prayer. This is all from the Barna Institute. What about the people that used to go? I guarantee you in Birmingham, you could ask us about every person. They'll name a church they went to. But what happened? Maybe they saw something that wasn't real. And then lastly, Luke chapter 15, verse 17 through 20. This is what it says. I know we're having technical problems. Let me wrap this up. Oh, here it is. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. What do you mean? Watch. The second parable, or the third parable there, the first one was the, the little lamb that just wandered off. The second one was a careless coin. The lost son simply miscalculated his choices. He didn't start out wanting to get lost. He wasn't intended on getting lost. He wasn't planning on up and leaving. He got up one morning, excited, went to dad, said, Dad, I'm ready to go explore the world. And he gets out there and he made some bad friendships. So he got up and went to his... The Bible says, "Till a long way off. His father saw him and was filled with compassion, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Listen to what I'm saying. I present to you today, I think the lost son became lost because he miscalculated his decisions. Here he was sitting in a lost country, in a faraway country. He's sitting there and he says, I miss my dad, but i made so many mistakes I don't feel like I can go home. Do you know what I love about this? All three of these stories, what's so amazing about it is every time at the end they were either found or brought back home. Somebody get excited with me. What you've got to realize is this. I love this because there's people who have made serious miscalculation. There comes a point where it's hard to get back without any help. And by the time the lost son comes to his senses, He's stealing from pigs. Just made mistakes. Do you know that my sister, who got saved here at the Summit Church four weeks before she died, I would never see her again. She just made mistakes. And we're so busy, I think so many times we're irrelevant. It's got to be about the lost. We must not be the prodigal older brother going, what are they doing here? I hope somebody takes your chair from you next Sunday. I hope somebody makes you have to sit on the back bleacher back there next Sunday. Well, pastor, you've gone too long today. Good. Because if I can get this across to you, the lost believe that Christians are not real. Did you know that? That's why believers get saved in the marketplace, but they never go to a church. 7% get saved by the internet or websites. What are you talking about? John 13 verse 34 A new command I give you That you love one another As I have loved you So you must love one another By this all men will know you That you are my disciples If you love one another Instead of pointing fingers Let's point them to Jesus Instead of saying You can be like me Don't say be like me Because we're going to let everybody know You can be like Christ You can be changed Into the power of Jesus Christ Instead of hiding in our homes Let's start stretching out our tent cords Are you getting this? We've got to get real again Philippians 2 says Don't do it Verse 3 through 5 says do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same of that of Christ Jesus. What's First John four ten, or, uh, or, or John four ten? This is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Don't play the role of the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says in John chapter sixteen verse eight, when He comes, He will convict the world of guilt. Folks, we don't need to be the Holy Spirit. He says He'll he'll convict them of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in Me in regard to righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see Me no longer. And in regard to judgment because the Prince of this world now stands condemned. I am saying to the devil, we're putting you on notice. We are taking back the lost of Birmingham. We're letting you know you are standing condemned today. And we're saying we're calling back the lost in Birmingham, Alabama. Send us to catch a vision for them, church. I'm, I'm serious. It's got to be about them again. Because people don't get lost on purpose. And I believe they're ready to be found. And God has called us to be a modern church of power. Look at these stories. In Luke chapter 15. Every single time they were rescued, they were brought back home. I'm talking about the book of Acts experience. I'm talking about where God goes and touches them. Let's introduce our friends to Him. And the freedom help them get out of the cults or help them get away from their addictions gone way too long these chairs are too hard can I tell you this we've got to get the power of God back in the church they've got to see miracles they've got to see the supernatural they've got to see the freedom of God it's not by might nor by power but by my spirit saith the Lord see Daniel come here just a second and go ahead church stand with me across this place If we're called... See, I don't want a visitation of the Holy Spirit. No. Nope. I want a habitation. See, the last thing is this. We've got to be a modern church of power. We've talked about it, but we don't experience it. I have to know that if I reach into my pocket and carry, the... I carry this little thing of oil, that if I lay hands on somebody, they're going to be healed. You want the city to come out? You want the city to be changed? Give them miracles. Let them see God's power. We have preached the Bible as if it's some historical document. When this thing is living, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. I heard an old story, Daniel, about this, um, this young man. On the roof and... His father asked him that morning, go up and fix these shingles, and he goes up to fix the shingles, and as he's up there working, he slips, and he begins to slide off the roof. And everyone, even the farmhands, everybody was a long ways off, and so he's up there, and he's hanging two stories in the air, and he's, he's, he's hanging, and he's screaming, somebody come help me, come, come help me, come help me, and the father, his dad heard him, and he began to run, and he could hear his son screaming, but he's hanging from the side of the house, and, and all, all of a sudden, he falls. When the father got around to the side of the house, he just knew that he would find him with broken legs or broken skull. And... But he looked down and there laying on the ground was a dead lamb. And the son was standing there looking at the lamb. And the lamb had broke his fall. I should have been hurt, but I fell on the lamb. The lamb broke my fall. But see, as you're standing over here, I hope this is making sense. Because as I wrestled with this word, as I began to preach this word, I began to say, Lord, Lord, if we can just get a hold of the lost. Folks, I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest with you, if you just come here for donuts and for coffee and for a little social club, go somewhere else. Now, you've never said anything like that. I mean it. What if... It was about hurting people. But healthy people too. We don't want only hurting people, okay? But if, what if we understood that the word church means called out ones? What if... What if, Rick, when I'm driving past Van Road and those law offices, how many people come in there hurting to see divorce lawyers? Just hurting. What What if, Terry, if it's at Bell South that you walked in those doors and... God says Hey Terry I'm going to let you feel What she's feeling Because the Bible says We fellowship in his sufferings What if See I believe in this church so much That I'll invite anybody here I was at Chick-fil-A A couple days ago With my daughter on the playground And I, these these ladies were talking to me I said please come to our church But, but they may go somewhere else I don't care Good if they do but it's about the lost. I started watching the TV series Lost because I wanted to know what it was about. And I got through a couple episodes where this plane breaks up in the air and all this other kind of stuff and they end up on this island. And I'm watching this and each there's all these different characters and there's something weird on the island. <laughs> I didn't get far enough into it to see what it was. but It describes America. Traveling along, just got lost. Maybe they got preoccupied. Maybe somebody was careless with them. Or maybe they just made bad choices. Daniel, come here just a second, my dear friend. Tell me about the lost in Singapore.
0: Tell them what God is doing. Go ahead. Well, it's great to be back here again. Well, when I came here last year, I felt really infuriated. Because, you know, who am I to speak to the American people No, no, we, we, we owe the Americans a, a huge debt because 100 years ago most of our forefathers are lost they've never heard the gospel They're, they've never heard of the name Jesus you, know, and you guys send, send, send missionaries all the way across the oceans to Singapore and, I mean now there are churches we've got mega churches 17,000 people, 22,000 people souls are getting saved but what I realize is this As I travel all around the world And especially in Asia That people are the same Really Whether you are white Whether you are yellow Whether you are dark skinned People are the same And the problems are the same As you go around you know, in, in Singapore One in three of our young people Are from single parent family We have got girls cutting themselves We have got people at nine, We made history last year A nine year old gave birth front page news in first world modern singapore nine years old broke my heart when i read that in the newspaper because why because we have the same devil there is no chinese devil there is no american devil there is no african devil we have the same devil and he's out there to steal to kill and to destroy but i've also found out that the answer is the same his name is jesus this is the only hope we have the name of jesus you know, but I realized that there are people in the world that have never heard about that name Jesus. My life was totally wrecked when I was 22 years old. That was 10 years ago. Now I look young. Chinese food. Keeps <laughs> you young. <laughs> P.F. Chang. If you want to look really young, Chinese food. 10 years ago, for the first time, I was back in my fatherland. My grandparents came from China about 100 years ago but uh, about 10 years uh, back we went back to visit some relatives and you know i was in Kunming in the south of china and uh, i was in a taxi on my way uh, to the airport going back to singapore i turned to the taxi driver and i start uh, a, a conversation this uh, man is from a from a minority tribe from the hui people they're all muslims and so i turned and i asked uh, this man have you heard of the name Jesus. Do you know Jesus? He looked at me with a a blank face. Almost like, can he be eaten? For the first time in my life, I met a man who has never heard of the name Jesus. My life was completely changed. I came back to Singapore with a fresh love for lost people. You know what I, I really believe? I really believe that if only Christians live as Christians, there is no need for another big rally or say right. or, or no if only christians live as christians and Come on. that and that Come was on, confirmed when i was in thailand this year we, we we were preaching to some pastors from laos you know where laos is laos is from the north uh, is in the northern part is um the, is a country north of thailand and laos is communist and thailand is a free nation you can preach freely you can go to the you can uh, do uh, crusades And you, you can go house to house It's a free country In Thailand Only 1% Christian Mostly uh, Buddhists and, and most of the male Will serve one year in the monastery in Laos Where it's not free to preach the gospel If you're a Christian You are biased I mean You can't even get, uh, get a job You can't go to school If, you, if, if, if you're a Christian you uh, know, in Laos, there they are 10% Christian. And churches are planted every week, And the leaders are all young people in their 20s. And I tell you, they don't have crusades. There was no rally. There was no big hand. All there was, was Christians living as Christians, going from village to village, from house to house, preaching the gospel with signs following. <laughs> you know, I tell you what, in Singapore, in First World Singapore, churches are shrinking. We are trying all kinds of... And really we are losing them. You know, but yet in the midst of you know all the mess, in, in the midst of all the darkness, I really believe that the light is shining. God is raising up you know a generation of people that will live the life. And I believe it's the same right here in, in, in the in the US because people are tired of religion. You know, you can preach Jesus, but they are tired of religion. But, but if only Christians live the life, we can change our world. One soul at a time Jesus stopped for the one he stopped for for the one you know, on, on, on on the highway in the streets of Jerusalem he stopped for the one and if only we stop for the one we can change our yeah, world let, let me just close you know, like, and I'm back to pastor hold on take this for a second the and I I have a friend pastor Pat knows him his name is Andrew now, Andrew is not the most gifted person. No, you know, he doesn't speak English really well. He, Andrew Yeo. Andrew Yeo, oh, yeah. yeah. He's, he, you know, he's a great songwriter. His life has changed. But Andrew loves people. And this year, Andrew volunteered himself in a school. Now, this school is a special school. This school are for the rejects. Because back in Singapore... Education is like a god yeah. you know, We all want to uh, get good grades Go to the best uh, college And get a good job and so forth But you know, because of that We categorize people And so if you fail your high school Or if you fail your elementary school You are being placed in this school and, and, your, and your history and your destiny is marked You cannot go to a college The, you know, the most you can go to is a vocational institute Where you learn a skill And these are all people that are from broken backgrounds. And Andrew volunteered himself. And Andrew went into this school and the first week he came, uh, he wanted to teach guitar. And he came back and he told me, Daniel, all the people are either zombies or monkeys. You know, they will stare you blankly in the face and they didn't know how to respond to kindness. Or they will just jump around from chair to, to chair, you know, and they cannot sit still. Because these are people you know, Either they, you know, they lost their purity at 11 years old you know, Or they are from single parent family Or you know, parents with one income With five children Earning less than a thousand dollars These are all broken people And we didn't go there And try to preach religion There was no jargon They wouldn't understand What is sanctification What is justification What is salvation What is you know, All these jargons These people don't understand But what they understand is love because love transcends all cultural and all religious boundaries. Come on, come on. And so Andrew went in there and in two weeks, my friends, in two weeks, we saw them coming to our youth ministry, sitting in the front row. And while I was preaching, they were talking. While, while I was preaching, they were asking me questions. and <laughs> you know, I just messed me up. But if you want the lost people to come in, this is what you can expect. Because they don't know how a church looks like. They've got no idea what church is, as well, not here, but maybe in Singapore, you know. I mean, they've never been to a service, and so they sat there, and the first week we've got two girls gave their hearts to Jesus. Now, they didn't understand a single word that I preach. (laughs) All right? They didn't understand, you know, they're not strong in their English. They didn't understand a single word, but they know love.
1: Who wants to go over there with me in December? Anybody want to (laughs) go? We're going to go to youth camp there in December, right, Daniel? Yeah. But you're launching a church in a year. Yes, I am. He's one of my best friends in the whole world. Literally, (laughs) when he walks down the streets of that nation, kids know him. Daniel, you wrote me an email that broke my heart about a month, and two months, three months ago because of all these Christian ministries that are just jacked up. All these idiots They're given a horrible name To Christendom All the television people And I've been a television people And you said what We just want to ask you What's going on in America Isn't that what you said yeah. That they're saying what What's going on With the Christians in America yeah. What do they think in Singapore about us Be honest now they love
0: me. <laughs> I, know, I really don't think that they represent the majority, I know, but because they are so visible. I know, and so most Christians think that Americans are like that. In fact, you know, if I uh, travel around in different parts of Asia, if you talk about Christianity, they will, they will equate Christianity to America. I know, and they say, well, if this is Christianity, we, have got, we want nothing to do with it. And you know, I've got to tell them hey Jesus is not from the West. He's from Asia. He's from you know <laughs> He's a nation <Asian. laughs> He's a Jew <laughs> You know and we've come one full circle, you know, but having said that, well, you know they've messed up, you know, but I really believe that there is hope. Because in, a big, because in the midst of darkness, really the light shines the brightest. And I'm praying. I, I really am. This is like my home church in the US. And I really believe God has raised you up to be a sign and a wonder. What is happening right here will not be contained in just Birmingham. What is happening right here will be exported all around the US and all around the world. The purity and the love and you know, just the radical passion that you people have. I don't, just keep it this way, all right? Don't go the way of the celebrity and you know, big shot. And you know, we don't like that. You know, we love people that are real. You know, I mean, for ten years we didn't have American uh, uh, well evangelists come to Singapore because we 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 were burned so bad when we got you I in. Mean, I was telling you, yeah. we were burned so bad. They came in for the money, they came in for the crowd. But I thank God for your pastor. He didn't know me from Adam. I mean, when I wrote him the email, he he, he has never. Heard of Daniel? You know he, he didn't know me, but he took the risk, and now you know we are friends. We're He's brothers. like a brother. He's like a mentor in my life. So thank you very much. You know I really believe you are going to outgrow your new facility. You are going to mount You will you know, have a lot of pastors being raised up. You know your pastors will come, and you know we will come. You know because I really believe, all right, that God is sending the Asians back. To America Now you guys Send missionaries To Singapore And I was just In the west coast And in the east coast And I saw so many Asian people So many And can I say this Before I'm sorry You're handing a mic To a preacher You know (laughs) I was in Vegas I was preaching And I think my time Was up And a parent stood At the doorway And he did this For the first time In the last seven years And I said okay And he's a big guy You know He's a big Big guy. I, know. <laughs> I was intimidated. <laughs> I know, but can I say this that when the Asian people, when the Chinese, you know, when and all those when the Indians leave their home country, they their hearts are unusually open to the gospel. When they come to a foreign land like the US, if if you just show them a little bit of kindness, if you can just come down to the level and just love them, I know you will start to have multicultural uh, churches Come all around the US and i really believe that you will just rise up to the challenge that god is going to use you to reach our people right here in your homeland that is what i call the ethiopian eunuch mandate you know, he, 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 he was in Jerusalem. Philip met him. He ran up to the chariot. He received Jesus. And do you know, since 2,000 years ago, you know, now Ethiopia is still a Christian nation all because someone bothered to raise up with the chariot and got on the chariot and tell the person wow. about Jesus. And so they're all coming to the U.S. And it's a great harvest field. The mission field is right here at your doorstep.
1: America is so, the third most unreached people in the world
0: right exactly. now. Exactly. And, and if I'm not wrong, I, th- I think outside of China, you've got the most Chinese people right here in America. And so, well, no, please, I plead with you, reach my people right here. They need to hear the gospel.
1: Okay. Hold on. Now, in about three weeks, we'll have to go from 8.30 to 10.00. 10.30 to whenever Oblivion Because we we'll, won't have a time on us And we won't have to get out of the building But I had to launch this series today On the lost Because I don't think we get it And I know we've gone long Is everybody okay with that today? I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm hungry too For the lost Amen. Right. For the lost yeah. Daniel I'm going to ask you to pray over something I'm going to do one thing first Every eye shut across this room You say, Pastor, I'm not a believer, or I've walked away from Christ. I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, before you leave, I need to know that Christ can set me free because maybe I got preoccupied. Maybe I wandered off. Maybe somebody was careless with me, or maybe I just made bad choices. And you say, I need Jesus Christ to set me free today because I'm one of the lost people you talked about, but I didn't realize that you would love me. So with every eye shut across this room if you say I need Christ to change me this morning I've gotten preoccupied or I've wandered off or I've made bad choices or someone was careless with me and I need Jesus to come and rescue me the shepherd of the lost sheep raise your hand right now hands are going up you say I need Christ to change me raise your hand right now last week we had so many give their heart to Christ Come on, raise your hand. You say that's me. See, I asked the Lord this morning. I said, "Lord, I want, I want it to be a family day." Last week we were packed out, and I love it. But the the second thing we're going to do is this. Pray this with me right now, Jesus. I sell out to you. If there's sin in my life. Forgive me. Now here's how we're closing. I want you to sit down right where you're at for two minutes. Well, wait a minute, you're not going to bring us all down? Not today. No, 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 don't anybody move. Folks, since I was 16 years old, I have heard the cries of the lost at night when I go to bed. The screams. Last night in my prayer room at the house at 1130 at night, I began to hear the cries of the lost in Birmingham. But I'm going to ask this father of the faith, this general to another country. We met people. Remember the pastor from Vietnam that came up to me and said, I will die by the age of 40. We've met people that will die. Remember the time you called me on a Sunday morning and you said, you're going to be preaching at this conference and there will probably be 300 people there that will eventually give their life for Christ. Lauren, that we sent to Singapore. She's such a gift. Thank you very much. He said last night he's going to find her an Asian husband. So she yeah, said, yes. Well, yeah. keep her there. <laughs> <laughs> but she wrote me in, an email about a Malay girl that she right. led to Christ, exactly. but that her parents abused her because of getting saved. Right. That's true. I think of the Mormon girl in Salt Lake City that told me, Pastor Pat, I gave my heart to Christ, but I need you to know today my mom found my Bible hidden under the bed and she beat me. Birmingham. 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 Downtown, there's a little place over by 6th Avenue. It's called UAB. Some of the most lost people in the whole world. Brilliant minds. Asians. I officially announced today that we are going to close the Summit Church if we do not reach the lost. You can forget it, man. Because that's who we'll be. So here's what we're going to do. Here's your closing. I'm going to ask you, who's come as a foreigner from another land, but my brother. My daughter's never done this. She got out of the chair last night and ran to you. I'm going to ask you to pray a burden hits them like I've done in your nation. How many times have I said pray that you feel the... I've done that for you, right? I need you to do it for me. Shut your eyes, church. And you just tell them what to pray. Daniel. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank
0: you, Lord. You know, before we pray, I just want to remind you that our God is a going God. That the success of a church is not how many people gather on Sunday... But how many people go from church on Sunday with that mandate burning in their hearts? He said to Jonah, go to Nineveh. He said to Abraham, go to a place that I'll show you. He said, go to the highways and the byways. In fact, you cannot spell God even before you spell go. G-O, He's a going God. He's a God on the move. And let's pray together that God will give us a burden for the city, burden for Birmingham. Please pray after me. Jesus. Jesus. You are the savior of the world. You are the savior of the world. We pray this morning. We pray this morning. That you open our eyes. That you'll open our eyes. To see the lostness of Birmingham. To see the lostness of Birmingham. That you will help us see beyond. That you'll help us see beyond. The religious facade. The religious facade. To see deep into to their hearts. To hear the cries that are in their heart. To hear the cries that are in their heart. Give us a burden, Lord. Give us a burden. Lord, a burden, oh God, for the Americans and God for the migrants. Give us a burden for the Americans and the migrants. Give us a burden, oh God, for the young and the old. The young and the old, Father. Right now, Lord. Right now.
1: I'm releasing you to go out of this place with a burden, but I want to warn you that when you stand up this morning, and I know see next Sunday we're going to take a list of the lost and we're going to nail them to a cross. We're going to do something so different, something so non-religious. But Daniel, if you'll pray this, let the
0: burden fall on them now. Pray that over us like it has over you. Holy Spirit, let the burden fall on us now. Thank you for your presence. Let your burden fall, Lord, right now as they go out from this place. Lord, let them see people, God, through your lenses, through your eyes, Lord God. Come, Holy Ghost. You're dismissed.
1: you're dismissed make sure you come to hear Daniel speak tomorrow night at prayer meeting at 6.30 oh God I'm so sorry Jesus that I've spent my life looking in the mirror not out the window that my neighbors don't even know what I believe so sorry Jesus
0: just felt so glad to say this prayer Lord help America know Lord that Jesus is not just a cuss word or a byword but Lord that there is salvation in that name Lord God that Jesus you are not just Lord, and Lord you are not just a curse word Lord What Hollywood has exported all around Asia, I know people are calling on Jesus, but not as the Savior of the world, but just as a curse word. So many—they are clueless of what they are talking about, but they are just saying Jesus and Jesus, and <laughs> they don't even know that they are calling out to the Savior of the world. We repent, Jesus, as America, God, we repent. God that, that, that in that name there is healing there is salvation there is deliverance there is hope there is transformation there is power in Jesus name
1: How do you end a service like this, Pastor? I don't. Well, how do I make this real in my life? This is what's going to happen to you. Whether it's Jimmy at the gym and Huey Towner, Richard over in Roebuck, Gene telling those fellas how to. Do electricity or new friends I'm asking you to just see differently and hear differently challenge you to not, even, to not even talk about to not even talk about your church until they see Jesus in you it's not about getting people here they'll come the only thing that can touch a salvation experience is leading another person to Christ. How many have ever done that? Come on, be straight up on it. Proud. Of you. Do it once. It'll change everything you think. Just once. First person I ever led to the Lord was my best friend at nine years old in Redneck, Alabama, South Alabama. Brought him to my all-white church. And it changed the church. And Johnny Richburg was the first black young man to ever go to that church.
2: And he still goes there.
1: What would happen? We walked out of here today. Within our mind, I will change one person this week. There's fifty-two weeks. If every week for one year we changed one person's life. Everybody in this room, and they changed one person's life. Birmingham would be a mecca for the presence of God and a launching ground for missions. But you ain't going to do it because I won't do it either. Right. I commit to you to do it. And I won't use my pastor label as my way of doing it. I'll invite him to church and won't even tell him I'm the pastor. Who will join me and hurting for the lost in this city, if that's you. Just uh, here is what you're gonna you are going to do: just go stand up and go. I will. Neighbors, friends, family, you went real long today. I can't bring them to this church, pastor, because we're like way long. I'll commit to not doing that. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? That's the longest we've ever gone on a Sunday. You're going to write an email about it. Send it to uh, Daniel at scr. <laughs> because I don't want to read it, okay? And I won't because it's my week to not look at it. And uh, But who will be the first person that will just stand up and go, I will. How do you do that? Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm not asking you to do anything special except live it and be Jesus with clothes on just love them I'm not asking you to be the two rednecks we saw up here that doesn't work anymore people will get a gun if you bring a piece of steak to their front door I'm asking you to introduce people to Christ this week now Terry I'll let you go ahead and stand up because I I love you Yeah. (laughs) competitive what who else what? Don't say it till you stand up because you got to stand for something or you'll fall for anything. I can't hear you. One more time? I still can't hear you, church.
0: Thank you for listening, we pray that this word would sit in your spirit and transform you. For more information or to become a covenant partner with Mercy Seat Ministries and Evangelist Pat Karen Chatsline, you can log on to www.mercyseatministries.com.